I have to admit this morning that every time I read this text, I just can't imagine this part of Jesus' story. So many things in this part of Jesus' story seem to be up in the air and chaotic, if you will. Everyone seems to be totally vulnerable to the will of an irrational tyrant. People are displaced and they are killed just because of the fear of this crazy king. And then after the king is dead, people begin to return to their homes. And as much as I can't imagine this story, and I can't picture it and grasp it, when I keep reading the text, it reminds me that all of this was part of God's design. And it was all in accordance to his plan. Matthew's argument is really not very convincing for me. But the more I study Matthew, the more powerful the appeal when I realize the audacity and the hope of what he's proclaiming. And that is the fact that the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, according to Christian tradition, was none other than a displaced person, a refugee whose parents fled for their lives because of a well-founded fear of persecution, to use the language of 21st century asylum law. I learned something this week as I was studying this text and preparing for today. Did you know that there was a difference between a refugee and an immigrant? There is a big difference. An immigrant is an individual who leaves one's country to settle in another, whereas refugees are defined as persons who move out of one's own country due to restriction or danger to their life. And as I thought about that definition of a refugee, I realized that Jesus spent the very first five years of his life as a refugee. The Redeemer whom God had promised to send for so many years was finally born in the city of Bethlehem. Yet he was threatened from the very day he was born. Mary and Joseph were warned to flee their homeland. 
much like many Christian refugees today, have been forced to flee the homelands that they have lived in for many years. Matthew's scripture says this, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. In the world that we live in today, there are more refugees than ever before. And I can almost promise that most people do not become refugees by choice. But sometimes war and famine and persecution and poverty force people to leave their homeland. Here in America, a lot of money has been spent trying to protect our borders from those who want to come here uninvited. And my hope and my prayer is that we can find a way to separate those who come to this country with ill intentions from the ones who come simply to seek security. And I pray that in that process that we do not lose our compassion. Refugees are people just like us who want the same things that we do. They want a safe and secure place to live. That's something that is very easy for us to take for granted. At the time of Jesus' birth, King Herod was a very powerful leader who was determined to crush any and all threats to his throne. So when the wise men came from the east asking to see the newborn king, can you imagine how King Herod thought and how very upset he must have been? Determined to nip that particular threat in the bud, Herod encouraged the wise men to continue on in their journey and to find this newborn king so that he too could come and worship. Yet after the dream that Joseph had, he took his family and he fled to Egypt. In Jesus, we have someone who has first-hand knowledge, if you will, of just exactly what it means to be a refugee. And it makes it all the more important when he speaks these words of hope, come to me all who are heavy laden, 
and weary. And I will give you rest. Those are words that come with the authority of one who has been there. And who truly understands. The scripture says that we as Christians have a biblical mandate to take care of people in need. Jesus says in Matthew 25, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. you know anything at all about Jesus, you know that he is always there for those who are refugees or outsiders, if you will. As we read in the scripture of his ministry, time after time, he was always going to the side of those who were supposed outcasts whether they were women or foreigners, sinners, tax collectors. You know, most Christian refugees today are outsiders, just like Jesus. But Jesus' allegiance was not to this world. Jesus was an outsider in a strange land because his true home was not of this world, but heaven. Jesus identifies himself spiritually with his brothers and sisters who are persecuted and who are in flight even today. And if you read further in Matthew's Gospel in the 25th chapter, he goes on to say that anyone who shows mercy to those in need are also showing mercy to him. So as we continue in this now Christmas season, I hope that we will take time to pause and to remember those who have no settled home, who have no real place of safety, and for the many who don't have enough to eat. In the year ahead of us, I hope that we can center our thoughts and our prayers around those refugees and other displaced people around the world and also those among us who have been displaced either by unemployment or sickness, abuse, life's 
hard knocks. Lift up a prayer for those in need. Christmas is the ultimate reminder that God cares about us. That Jesus has come to bring healing to our painful world. But his work of redemption does not come from a place of simply high authority or abstract knowledge. Jesus' work comes from an insider's perspective of the pain and all that we see and suffer here in our lives. So as we move toward the year 2020, I pray that we as individuals and as a church will look for those opportunities to lend a hand, to spread some hope, and to make a difference. And I know that I am speaking words that you already know that you already do, you guys are the most heartfelt helpers I believe I've ever seen in a church. There's not a need that you see that you don't attempt to try to meet. So first of all, thank you for what you do. And I pray blessings into your year 2020.